ready to be in a suitable state for an activity or situation prepared for and available for immediate use. We spent the last three weeks going into week four now looking at this idea of ready, specifically as we as a church look to what God is calling us in this season to be faithful. Second Timothy 2.21, if you know it, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, you can cheat and look at the screen, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. We, you know, Matt, you led that song today. We got to get better at shouting in this place. I don't think we shout very well in this place. Granted, we shouldn't do it all the time, but there are appropriate times. Um, we'll get there. Ready. We talked about the idea of being willing, and, and that readiness really starts with a heart and a mind and a soul that is, is, is willing to be teachable, to be shaped, to be placed wherever, however God chooses. And we looked at this passage of Scripture and how to be ready, the primary way we are ready is through the cleansing of Jesus Christ in us, shaping us, leading us, making us useful, because we can't do that on our own. And then we become these vessels, not just for common use, not for anything and everything, but for the holy privilege of serving God, which is what every good work is. Anything where we serve God can become good work if he is our motivation, if he is our focus, if it is for him to get the glory. We do that individually and we do that collectively. It's all necessary. Last week I talked a little bit about this idea of vision. Many of you understand vision and businesses you work for. And simply vision is dreaming about a better tomorrow. What, what is to, we can look forward to? The passage that Matt read from Revelation. The vision of what God's kingdom will be someday when Jesus returns. We can sit back and we can just say, okay, we're going to dream about tomorrow, but what's that mean for today? Today I want to begin to share a twofold what is going to be a new mission statement for ECOB. Over the years, we have used, for probably about 10 to 15 years now, we have used, our mission statement has been enabling every person to experience the living Christ in life-transforming ways. It was a good mission statement. If you're really perceptive, you noticed it hadn't been in the bulletin in the last couple of weeks. And the reason is, is because we're going to take a turn. It's not because we don't want to do that anymore. In fact, I want us to focus in more than ever on a bit about what that mission statement is about. But I want to be clear about it. I want people to be able to walk up to you and say, I hear you go to Eaton Church of the Brethren, or I hear you go to that building across from the Eaton High School and Middle School. Tell me, tell me, what's it about? Well, um, our building's relatively new. Um, we have a lot of acreage. Uh, we got a really cool gathering area, and we play basketball where we worship, and um, we've got a couple pastors, and we like to eat, and we throw pies in each other's faces. Now, all those are fun things and good things, but oh, how we sell God short if that's all we got to say about what he's doing here. 
Now, I want you with clarity and articulation to be able to say what you're a part of here. Because it's significant. Because God is doing a work and wants to continue to do a work. And so we're going to talk about this in two different pieces. This week and next week, we're going to talk about sharing life and sharing Christ. I want you to be able to say to people, you want to know what we're about? We're about sharing life and sharing Christ. So what do you do as a church? We share life and we share Christ. So how do you do that? Well, we can explain a lot of different ways we do that. But I want to spend this week and next week talking about what that kind of looks like. Because I think we do both of those things. But I'm not satisfied. I don't think you should be either. Because I think God wants to continue to call us in this culture as the culture changes, not to change the message, but to think about how we change delivering that message. And to think about what we do. What are we ultimately doing? I hope we can say we're sharing life and we're sharing Christ. So I want us to take a little bit of this, look at this concept called sharing life. It's really about this idea of relationships. And today what we're going to do as we look at relationships, I want us to think about relationships here. Next week we're going to talk about relationships outside of our church family. But today we're going to talk about what relationships should look like here at ECOB. Now, if you're new or maybe you haven't been around, I, I hope you've seen this reflected already. But I hope more than ever as we move forward, we get this idea of relationships and community because it's throughout Scripture. Old Testament, as the, as the Israelites were leading, leaving Egypt and Moses led them out, and as they walked and wandered in the desert, even as they went into the Promised Land, over and over what we read and study about in Scripture is those people as the people of God learning how to relate to God and relate to one another. And by the way, you cannot separate them if you're a Christ follower. And you're going to hear that over and over again today. Because if you are a Christ follower, you are a part of a community of believers, period. That's what Scripture says over and over again. No lone rangers. We read about it in the New Testament as the early church forms. And we'll look at a passage of Scripture in a little bit of how the early church forms. And they're learning how to get along. They're learning how to relate to each other. They're learning what God is calling them to and what that looks like very practically. Guess what? It hasn't changed. We're still learning that, right? And as this body of believers change, as people pass, as people move, as new people come into this fellowship, as people leave, we have to learn how to do that and do that well. Because that's going to continue to happen for a lot of different reasons. But what I want people to see in us is that we're sharing life together. And we're not afraid to do that. As messy as it is, as, as painful as it can be, is that we're not going to give up on sharing life with one another. Because that's what God's people do. And if we are going to ever share Christ with people, we have to learn to share life first. Amen? So I want to look at four different, what I would describe, four different types of relationships. Now these aren't necessarily mutually exclusive but I do think they, they deepen in commitment and impact as we participate in them. 
There are different components of what relationships should look like and what it means to sharing life. So we can walk around and say, hey, we share life. What's that mean? Well, hey, we just share life. How do you do that? Oh, we just share life. Now, I want us to know what that means. I want us to experience that, what that means. I want us to be able to participate. I want us to grow in that. And so the first one that I want us to look at today is this idea that sharing life is what we were designed to do. There's a passage of Scripture in Matthew 22. It's not on the screen, but a passage of Scripture in Matthew 22. It's called the Great Commandment. You may know this. And the bottom line is love God and love others, your neighbor. Love God and love others. You cannot separate those. You can try, but you will not love God God fully until you love others fully. And what we're going to talk about today is that until you're able to love others fully, you will not appreciate, understand the majesty and the holiness of who God is and what he does in his creation. You got to have them together. Love God and love others. And so that's what we're going to talk about in sharing life. Sharing life is what we were designed to do. I'm describing it with some settings of chairs this morning. I managed to do the first service without falling off. We'll see if we can do it again, or hopefully I won't step in the bread, the communion bread. But this first one, sharing life is what we were created to do. We were designed as relational beings. Okay, that makes us distinctly different from other aspects of God's creation. Well, my doggies love each other. I know they do. But they cannot relate to each other the way we humans can because they weren't designed to. No matter how compassionate Pluto is, okay? So there's something distinct God did not make a mistake in doing. And he said, I'm doing this for a purpose because I want you to learn not only from each other, about each other, but about me. And so it's kind of a relationship where you're sitting and you're not facing each other. You're not super close together. You're kind of facing each other, but you're in a relationship. I had to check because I didn't want to go off. And, um, and you get to know each other. One of the types of relationships here at ECOB is that we have to get to know each other. I call them relationships of discovery. You ever remember as a little kid or parents, grandparents, when your kids were little and they met somebody new? You ever remember that? And they come running back, you know. I remember with our kids, all different and the way they did this. And, you know, the girls always kind of knew all the details about them, their name and their favorite color and all that stuff they'd share. Jake would come back. What's their name? I don't know. We were just playing. But he was excited. But how cool when kids are able to build relationships in the excitement. Adults, we lose that. Why do we get so stinking stale sometimes? How cool it is to get to know other people and acknowledge them and appreciate them in this place. Because again, I'm not talking about outside of this body of believers. Today I'm talking about here, this community. So maybe that means that you sit next to somebody that you've never sat next to before in a completely different part. But, but maybe what that means is that you sit and, and you look forward to getting know, to know who this person is. I'm not talking deepest, darkest secrets. These are relationships of discovery. But what happens when we do this is we learn of God's majestic creation. And we learn that the world 
does not revolve around us and should never revolves around him. Look at these two passages of scripture. The first one's generate or generations. Genesis 2:18. The Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." Now, a lot of times we use this in marriages and we talk about this about the marriage relationship, the marriage covenant. It's true. But there's a deeper principle here. It's the principle of relationship and the principle of appreciating and acknowledging others. You all know what it's like. Someone comes and sits next to you that you don't know. And they show interest in you and want to get to know you. Not on any super deep level, but just want to know who you are. You feel significant, don't you? Everybody should feel significant in this place. Everybody. No matter what our differences are. Because we're going to disagree on some stuff. We're going to agree about the essentials, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But they are creation of God, and we, we appreciate the creator more when we discover how God l- lives through other people, how Jesus and the Holy Spirit live out in other people's lives. I know many today are going to be saying, well, Dan, you know, you're like out there and type A and obnoxious and that's great. Love you for it. It's all good, but that's just not me. You were created and designed to be in relationship. Please don't do it like I do because that's not necessarily how you're wired. But it doesn't excuse you to be isolated and out and apart from what God does here. I don't want us to be people who come and get what we want and leave without any human interaction. Because if that happens, what we're not doing is giving people a good picture of who God is. There's another passage of Scripture, John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that you know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We can't be people who just know about. Churches do that and try that. Doesn't work. Most churches try it. We've tried it. Know about. Let's have, let's have all these things that we, we know and do, but we really don't know Jesus. We really don't know personally God. It happens in relationship. I want us to be a people that are people of discovery, have relationships of discovery. Some of you may be really good at this. Some of you, you may be scared to death because there's that fear of expectation. Well, what if, what if we start talking and next thing I know they turn their chair? <laughs> they don't want to talk to me. This is a place of grace. And if we can't get that one right, there's not much else God's going to ask us to do until we get that one right. It's a place of grace. Relationships of discovery. Things like that beautiful church picnic. Just getting to know people. That place out there called the gathering area was designed as a space to gather and get to know people. Maybe, just maybe, we come to church, not at the last minute and funnel in for the part of the service that we want, but maybe what we do is we come early. And maybe what we do is we go to somebody we don't know and say, How about a cup of coffee, orange juice, water, whatever. And just sit and get to know them. You want to do evangelism? Start right there. 
Start right there. We'll talk about that more next week. I want this place, when we're together, wherever that may be, I want us to create environments. Your staff, your elders, we are going to help nurture and create environments where people can discover one another through acknowledging and appreciating one another because we'll learn about God in that. But I'll tell you what, we can't do it by ourselves. It's going to take every one of us. Because you bring something I don't. Praise the Lord. (laughs) And that person next to you, they bring something a little bit differently than you do. Things like fall festival coming up. What a great time and way to come. And this isn't this is about doing everything. Every time the church doors open up that you're here, that's not necessarily what it means. But when you are here, relationships of discovery, family camp, on and on. Secondly, sharing life is how God's church lives as a community. You see, we can read scripture about community, and it talks about community and relationships over and over. But there's something about practicing it, right? We can talk about it, we can learn about it, we can have it up here. There's something about sitting at a common table together. I call these relationships of commonality. We are drawn into this place for some commonality. And you know what? It's not just because we show up the same time at the same place every Sunday morning. Now, we have a commonality that is deeper. It's a commonality in Jesus Christ. Look at the early church, Acts 2, 42. I think this is misprinted in the bulletin, sorry. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. In other words, we help each other affirm what we have in common and we learn how to practice that. Matt prayed about it this morning. Why? Why do we gather together? We gather together to worship God foremost, but to learn how to do that. Because believe it or not, we don't have that figured out. None of us do. So we, we, we learn to do that together and we learn to appreciate that about one another and we participate in that together. It's, it's like a conversation around the table. Who wants to sit at a table by themselves? Yeah, maybe you do sometimes because you're tired, okay? I get it. But don't spend your whole life at the table by yourselves in this place with this people of God represented at ECOB. Be at the table and share what we have in common. Learn how to pray for one another. Learn how to worship for one another. Learn. Learn how to study God's word together. And I know we're doing that. And I'm saying don't stop. But I know there's fears with that. I know, I, I know there's concerns with that because sometimes we're afraid. We just are afraid that we're going to get hurt. And I'm telling you what, every one of these types of relationships are messy. You show me a relationship that's not messy, um, I'm going to tell you you're wrong, okay? Every relationship is messy. I know you've been hurt. I have too. I know you've been hurt by others in this room. I have too. That doesn't change what God's doing among us and through us in these relationships of commonality. You see, we have a lot of different ways that we encourage that around here. One is one, is one another groups. And that's one aspect, I will say, of one another groups is that we learn. Because you can't know everybody. I get that. 
But is there anything, is there any barrier in your heart or mind that you don't, that you're not willing? You see, Sunday morning worship is so significant. We do this thing in the deacon ministry. Some of you know it. Some of you have been a beneficiaries of it. It's called the Benevolence Fund. And it's where we, like it speaks up in Acts 2.42 and following, it speaks of how we give to help those in the body. You've seen announcements about this, and what it means is that we give for those who are in a tragic or crisis situation, very unplanned, and they need our help materially. But what I love about the Benevolence Fund is that this is something our deacons pray over. It's not, oh, they need money, write them a check. No, it's more than that. And I know the desire of the deacon's heart is that they follow and, and they care for people in that. We should all do that. We should share. I know people read Acts 2 and they're like, yeah, that was the early church. That didn't happen today. Well, why not? Well, you know, there's this and there's this. and I, I know that. But, but come on, let's trust God to work through those issues for us. Let's not count it or discount it. Because I know people whose furnace has went out and this church has come around them and they've repaired their furnace. I know people in this church whose dad or husband was taken early, both in illness and in another case in an accident. And I watched people in this church come around, gather around, and be a community. Relationships of commonality. You see, they draw us together and they lead us to worship God together. And so the third one, this one will certainly be your favorite because it is for most people, sarcasm. Those first two, you can kind of exist. You can kind of sneak in and out. But this one is what draws people or drives people from churches. And it's where... We are willing to sit face to face. Not agree on everything, but be willing to work through it. Sharing life, the third one, is one way God shapes us to be like Jesus Christ. Sharing life. I am having a fit with my mic today. I'm sorry. I know it's distracting me, and it's especially distracting you. Sharing life is one way God shapes us to be like Christ. Think back to the moments in your life where Jesus has shaped you. There's always others involved, right? Sometimes it's other people who um, are a bad example. Sometimes it's a good example. This is not about us always agreeing with one another. If more than anything, it's about us when we disagree work through conflict and a willingness to agree on the essentials, the relationships of accountability. This is what drives people from a lot of churches. And I know it's hard. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. It's not painful. And all I'm saying is, for us as the people of God, we can't avoid this. We've got to be together on it because God does some incredible things right here. And you know what the beauty of it is? If, if, if we are willing to do this, God will change everybody who's sitting face to face, not just some. 
And so the old marriage counseling trick is you sit in the table, or excuse me, sit on the chair. Don't sit in the table. I always tell my kids not to. Um, But when you sit across from the chair, it's not sitting and saying, oh, they need Jesus, you need to do this in them. No, this relationship that we need here at ECOB is about us sending and saying, I'm going to sit across from someone and I'm going to have a relationship of accountability. And in that, what that means is I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, Jesus, what needs to be shaped in me? Because often what happens is we want to point back and forth. And when we point back and forth, guess where we're not looking? We're not looking up. So the commitment in this type of relationship here at this, in this church is all about saying, we're going to sit together, we're going to work through our differences and our challenges, and then we are going to love each other as we look to Jesus. Because what I love when people sit in this chair with me, what I absolutely love is that I know God is shaping them too. God is shaping them, and, and don't run from this. We need this because it's also in those moments before you know it, you're standing and you're hugging and you're embracing because one or another of us are going through a struggle or a trial. And those relationships of accountability are more rich than ever because so much of ministry we'll talk about next week is presence, right? So much of it about being presence. And sometimes the presence is like this. Don't give up on that. Those relationships of accountability and students at your age as well. This isn't just for us old people, okay? It's all of us. Parents, we have to teach our kids how to do this. And I'm telling you, God will honor it. He will honor it. And we will be recipients of those blessings. And I want to speak to to one another groups for a minute. If you're in a one another group, we talked just a moment about relationships um, of commonality. I want to challenge you. If your one another group is, is settled on relationships of commonality, I want to lovingly spur you on and say, kick it up. Because in those, in those relationships of accountability is where you will experience incredible growth as a group. I'm not talking numerically. I'm talking spiritually. And for the, 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 the final one here in a moment, it's, it's absolutely vital. I know it's hard I know it takes work. I know you may have to prepare before you come into your group gathering. I get it, but I'm telling you, do it. And it takes time, but do it. Do the hard work of it. Be present, because this is where God will grow us. So the final one. And I'm going to make some noise here, because I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to hear what I'm doing. These are relationships that I'm going to call relationships of missional covenant, which is not very easy to say, but it's what it is. These are relationships that are committed to carrying out God's mission together. What do I love about the people closest to me in this church? And as much as I wish I could have that relationship with all of you, I can't. It's physically and humanly impossible. You can't either. And if the only friend you have is me, I'm sorry. <laughs> really sorry about that one. <laughs> Change it, okay? That's what I'm saying. This is us. 
This is not me, any of the pastors or the elders. It's us together. And there are going to be some that you have those relationships of discovery. There's going to be some, they have all of us to some degree, relationships of commonality. And then those, those less relationships, relationships of accountability. But then what I believe is the capstone to some degree and brings this all together are these, relation, or these relationships of missional covenant. And it's where we are together supporting one another and carrying out God's mission. And we will never share Christ if we're not willing to share life like this. We want to do evangelism, we got to start here. We've got to start here. And that's where we commit to one another. We're linked together. We're sitting facing the same direction. We're not going to do it all in the exact same way, but the essentials we're going to agree upon and we are going to support one another. You know, I I have the blessing as one of your pastors to know that you pray for me probably more than you pray for other people in the church. We probably should change that a little bit. But anyways, the the point of that is, is that with, with those that I have friendships with that are believers, what I know is they don't pray for me just because I'm a pastor. They pray for me because I am a brother in Christ and I'm in the chair right next to them and we are linked. We need to have that. And so when you look into this body and your participation in this body and you don't feel like you have those arm length, then I'm, taking, I'm saying take that step. For some, is that step of covenant membership. For some, it is building that over time with others so you know others are praying for you as you are on mission together with them. It's incredibly vital because then the ultimate goal is meeting people's spiritual needs. We're going to have to meet all the other needs but we should meet spiritual needs. I have to say, I've been a part of this substance abuse prevention partnership for several months now. And every meeting, once a month, I sit around with agencies, superintendents from schools, uh, police officers, all, all law enforcement, all that kind of stuff. And what I'm amazed at so many things that, they're, that we're trying to do together, I keep asking myself, where is the church? Now, the church is present, but we're not nearly as present as we need to be, which is why I'm there, to try, at least for ECOB, to fill in that gap, whatever that might look like. But the point is, is that we are on mission. We are a people of purpose, and this is a relationship of purpose. We need it. We've got to have it together, because I want to do more than just gather together, as beautiful and wonderful as that is and as necessary it is. I want to do more than that, and I believe you do too. I believe you want it with all your heart. Look at Acts 2, uh, the latter verses, not just 42, but look at 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now I'm going to go on, even though this isn't on the screen. They worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God. Do we do that together? I know it's happening, but I'm not satisfied. I want it to be happening more because I think there are cases where maybe we're just afraid to make that commitment, to take that step. And I'm saying, find others and link arms with one another's and commit to that mission. 
We do this a lot by serving together. There's a, a, a small group in this church I've shared about before. They go about once a month, at the very least once a quarter, to um, the Dayton Children's Ronald McDonald House, and they serve together. They're on mission together. They are committed with one another together. You don't have to be in a small group to, that, to do that. And other groups are doing that as well. I encourage you to continue because it's about partnership. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to finish our time out in communion together because what a greater way than sharing life than to take communion together and remember what our Lord has done for us. But I want to encourage you to take a step today. And so let me... I'd like you to identify one of these. Do you need more relationships of discovery? Is that missing? Relationships of discovery. Maybe you're so committed to these missional covenant relationships that you're, you're, you're dismissing on learning and discovering and appreciating others who are coming into this body or who are already here. Maybe it's participating in the life of the body in fuller ways and those happen in relationships of commonality. Maybe it's in investing and equipping and empowering others in relationships of accountability. Or maybe the one right here. All in. All in. So I'm, I'm going to give you some instructions in just a moment about um, how we're going to close our service today. But before we do that, we are going to go into a time of communion. And I, I want us to take a time of confession before we do that. But what I want you to confess on your own here is, are you putting any barriers up to any of these? Or maybe it's just a fear that's getting in the way. And then I'm just going to ask you to confess that to the Lord. I don't know what that might be for you, but there's a lot of different reasons for that. So I'm going to invite you to bow your head. And I'd like you just to speak to the Lord on your own and confess that maybe you, you haven't been a part of relationships of discovery or relationships of commonality, relationships of accountability or these relationships of missional covenant. Just be honest with God of how maybe there's not a willingness. God, my prayer this morning is that this, this just doesn't seem like something else or one more thing to do. Lord, sharing life needs to be what, who we are. And all these various types of relationships and components. And Lord, I pray if there is um, any, um, any sense or feelings of just... Um, this, this shame or this guilt, God, I, I just pray that you remind us that you remove all of that. But Lord, we want to acknowledge if we're standing in the way of that. Whether it's individually or as a church, if we're, we're not in for one reason or another. But God, what I know and believe is that you have great things in store and these relationships can't just be add-ons or shouldn't be. Should be our life. Because, God, we know in that you will do much. So, hear prayers, God. Cleanse us through Jesus. Amen.